Well, good morning, everyone. It is uh, good to be with you. As you know, we are looking at places in the Gospels where Jesus has confrontation with people that reveal what's important to him and how he treats the people he engages with. And this morning, we're going to be looking at a passage in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through, 40, through 52. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This is God's word given to us for our good. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for gathering us together as your people this morning. And Father, our prayer this morning is simple, and yet it's not something we can do on our own. We pray that like Bartimaeus, that you would open our eyes so that we might see you. We might see your mercy, your grace, your great love for us. And because we see you, we might be able to see ourselves clearly, and we also might love our neighbor as you have loved us. So, Father, would you do that for us, for each of us, wherever we find ourselves this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Rachel and I have hit the point in COVID escapism where we have nothing new to watch together. So we have started re-watching some of our favorite movies from the 90s. Maybe some of you have done the same. Oldies but goodies. And so far, we have relived Goodwill Hunting, The Karate Kid, and most recently, M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense. Now, as I've been thinking about this passage uh, in Mark's Gospel, I couldn't help but recall the most quotable line in The Sixth Sense. It's when the main character, a boy named Cole, finally works up the courage enough to tell his secret to his childhood therapist, played by Bruce Willis. I see dead people. Somehow Cole has eyes to see behind the curtain to a reality that eludes everyone else. And despite the fact that he's just a kid, his vision gives him the power to correct injustices, set hurting people free. He becomes an unlikely hero. Now in our passage this morning, we meet a blind man named Bartimaeus, who also has a sixth sense, so to speak. In Jesus' day, the general assumption was that either Bartimaeus or his parents must have sinned for such a devastating affliction to happen to him. And yet, the marvel is that this blind man has clearer vision than almost anyone else that Jesus meets in the Gospels. 
he seems to understand with a piercing perception who Jesus is in a way that's not accessible to many others. So this is where we first meet Bartimaeus, on the side of the road that leads to Jerusalem outside the city of Jericho. Bartimaeus hears the commotion that Jesus of Nazareth is coming his way. And he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, no one, nobody else in Mark's gospel uses this title for Jesus. And at this point, the disciples are still pretty clueless when it comes to what Jesus is all about, even though he has spent years with them. But here's Bartimaeus, brand new to the story, who has a kind of instant recognition of who Jesus is and what this encounter might mean for his life. Now the crowd in our passage is following Jesus to Jerusalem, hoping that he will start a rebellion that will topple Roman power. And they hear Bartimaeus' cry for mercy as an interruption from Jesus' higher purpose, higher mission. And so far from honoring Bartimaeus' faith, many in the crowd began to rebuke him as he tried to get Jesus' attention. Shush! Be quiet! The rabbi is busy! Now it's important to remember that this blind man depended on the crowds. He needs their daily generosity. He needs their approval to be able to stick around. And so he has every reason to heed their rebuke and go back to his place on the ground. But old Bartimaeus cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And here's where we come to the first confrontation that Jesus has in our passage. Even though the the shadow of the cross is looming large and Jesus' time is running out and he has things to do on the order of the cosmos, Jesus stops and he says, call him. He brings his rescue mission to redeem the entire world to a halt for one man. For a man the crowd had just proclaimed as obnoxious, presumptuous, and unworthy. But Jesus will not let those assumptions stand because Bartimaeus is his mission. Now, if you're like me, as I read this, I want to identify with Jesus in this story. I want to be the guy who heroically does the right thing and actively intervenes when I see those who are suffering. I'd like to think that I'd be the one discipled by Jesus' side who was pointing Bartimaeus out to him and magnifying Bartimaeus' request. But the reality is, if you and I are to locate ourselves in this story, especially as people of privilege, coming from a church mostly made up of a majority culture, mostly coming from zip codes that are relatively well off, we have to start by confessing that we most closely resemble the crowd and not Jesus. Like the crowd, we tend to believe that our agenda is God's agenda and that we know how best to achieve it. And that we stand with God in whom we choose to associate with and whom we choose to dismiss. 
the crowd that day thought that they were helping Jesus out. We've seen this before. Matter of fact, we saw it last Sunday. Get those kids out of here. Jesus doesn't want to be bothered with them. But Jesus is like, you don't get it. You're blind. This is who I'm here for. Now, culturally, we can point out all sorts of groups who, like Bartimaeus, are highly vulnerable, blamed for their own troubles, told to be quiet, immigrants, people from minority ethnic groups, anyone who holds a political view different from the norm in a given social group. But if we want to be really specific and look into our own hearts, if we can think of someone who enters our day as an interruption, an annoyance, or an irritation, someone who gets in the way of our mission, our little kingdoms, then that's the Bartimaeus in our story. And yet that is who Jesus moves towards and invites into dialogue with him. You see, our world is full of forces and pressures that would bend us away from becoming people who reflect Jesus and elevating the humanity of those we think little of or whom we disagree with. All we have to do is go on Facebook or open Google and experience the effects of algorithms that reflect our own opinions and biases back to us, reassuring us that our point of view is the righteous and sane one. We turn on the TV on Tuesday night and see polarization play out on a shameful scale. And church, if we are to have the hope to engage in important conversation as salt and light in this world, we need the freedom and the curiosity and the humility that Jesus brings to his encounters. So I think we need to start with confessing that we do not know how to do it. But the good news is that Jesus is remarkably patient with the crowd's blindness here. And he is remarkably kind towards our own blindness. For the most part, the crowd is made up of people who are trying to follow Jesus the best they can and often screwing up. They have some sort of hunger for goodness. And as he is toward the crowd, Jesus is kind to us in our ineptitude when it comes to loving. He has to show us the way again and again and again. And so whoever you are, and whatever your political affiliations, there are people in this room who disagree with you. But it is possible for us to enter into a dialogue and wrestle together to discover God's agenda and not turn away from loving one another. It is possible to challenge those across the aisle from us while not undermining their basic human dignity and being open ourselves to correction. And church, I, I don't think I can say this loud enough or as many times as we all need to hear it, but the world, our broken world, needs us to strive towards following the pattern of our elder brother in these things. 
And so as we enter back into our story, Jesus tells someone to call Bartimaeus. And they run over to him and say, good news, come on, he's calling you. And Bartimaeus springs to his feet. He is led over to Jesus who asks him, what do you want me to do for you? Now this seems like a question with a very obvious answer. This guy is blind, Jesus. But I think we need to see this as a second moment of confrontation in our passage. Jesus' question is an invitation to Bartimaeus to dialogue with his maker about the loss that he has suffered in his life and to display how big his imagination is for the kind of flourishing that God offers him. As Jay Stringer writes, we know that theology and psychology alike, that growth comes to the degree that we are able to acknowledge that things are not the way that they're supposed to be. In doing so, we permit ourselves the opportunity to imagine what our lives and what the world might look like if all this pain and harm we have undergone will not have the last word. I think this is what is happening in our passage. Jesus is inviting Bartimaeus into a conversation about his deepest wants, his despair, and his faith. And he is asking if Bartimaeus will be bold enough to name those things, knowing that he'll be exposed and humiliated if Jesus isn't capable or willing to do what he hopes. Because the crowds assume that he wasn't worthy of it. And given that, I have little doubt that there was a tiny voice in Bartimaeus' head, a familiar voice that whispered, Don't risk it. Protect yourself. Don't make yourself more vulnerable than you already are. Because church, this is what shame does. Shame is evil's most effective weapon to silence us. To make us shrink back and hide when we are on the brink of something good. When we're about to taste goodness. It is where Satan divides our hearts most effectively from God and from each other and from our own selves. And for Bartimaeus, faith in this moment means having the courage to denounce the voice of shame and entrust his darkness to Jesus and allow himself to imagine and ask Jesus to make straight what is crooked in his world. So Bartimaeus is enacting faith when he says to Jesus, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus responds, go your way. Your faith has made you well, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed Jesus on the way. Now, as uncomfortable as it is for us to identify with the crowd in this story, I think it is even more uncomfortable for us to identify with Bartimaeus in this story. Because to allow ourselves to enter that space, to track with his character, is to acknowledge that we are deeply needy people. That we are desperate. It is to linger 
in those moments in our lives when we feel alone and despairing and in need of the kind of care that no other human is adequate to provide for us. But just as surely as we are the crowd, we are Bartimaeus too. And it's in that dark place where Jesus asks us the same question that he asked Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? What kind of person do you want to be in this life? What kind of healing do you want? What kind of flourishing do you desire? And incredibly, when we answer this question with as much honesty as we can muster, these two parts of ourselves come together. The desperate, needy man and the blind crowd. And when we bring these two parts of ourselves into conversation with Jesus, he begins to shape us into people through whom he brings his kingdom. And when I allow myself to linger in this uncomfortable space, I begin to see the things that I truly long for with fresh eyes, with the fresh eyes of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. I become able to see and confess where I have failed to love, where it is my desire for my own way that leads to unresolved tension in my relationships, where I want ease and comfort more than I want to be like him, where I desire safety for my own family, but I am not so concerned with the well-being of the other people in our city. And it's in this, this dialogue where he begins to change my prayers and point me towards what true wholeness in him looks like. You see, what I really want for Jesus to do for me is not just to give me a more comfortable life. I want shalom. I want healing. I want him to teach me my heart kindness. I want him to teach me gener uh, to be generous Teach me to see the Bartimaeuses in this world and to fight for justice. To make me into a person who doesn't keep score. And here's the gospel. Here's the good news. It is this, that Jesus doesn't leave us where he finds us on the road. Because it's on the cross where Jesus takes into account every crooked way and every bit of darkness that Bartimaeus and the crowd's blindness point to. The wholeness that you and I long for is what Jesus had secured for us in his death. And through his resurrection and ascension, he has created in the church a new family, a new community through which he can plant seeds of faith, hope, and love everywhere in this hard and toilsome world. And church, may we have the courage to bring our whole selves into conversation with him that we might engage others with his humility, his goodness, his persistence, his light. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, indeed, there are moments in our lives where we confess that we are blind, that we cannot see what is right in front of us.
And there are moments when we cannot see you and we cannot see those who are made in your image. And so, Father, may you, by your Spirit, even now, as we get ready to come to this table, may you open our eyes to see you. May you change our hearts. And may we begin to move towards others who are different than us, those on the fringes, with love and compassion and with open eyes. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.